0: Hi, I'm Nagar Murtazavi, journalist and political analyst here in Washington and host of the Iran podcast. And I'm here with Nader Hashemi, a professor and director of the Center for Middle East Studies at the University of Denver. Nader, welcome.
1: Thanks for the invitation, Nagar.
0: Let's get right to it. Um, We know that the Biden team in the White House has had over a month after they started work. And we, many of us assumed or expected that diplomacy with Iran and a return to the nuclear deal, the JCPOA, would have happened by now. But we see that it's becoming more complicated and it hasn't happened. Tell me if you think that this is something that the, that Team Biden should be prioritizing and why.
1: I think they should be prioritizing it, largely because I don't think time is on our side. Um, The longer that there is a delay in re-engaging with Iran, the more um, the playing field can become uh, more complicated and the various spoilers uh, in the region. Uh, who don't want to see a re-engagement in Iran and a revival of the JCPOA will have an opportunity to complicate the um, negotiating uh, process. Um, Iran has hardliners. Um, They have control over these various uh, Shia militias that can easily attack American bases. If an American soldier or contractor is killed, that makes it much more difficult for Biden to re-engage with Iran. Um, um, There's other regional players that are strongly opposed to um, um, a revival of the JCPOA, particularly Israel. Uh, the Saudis and the Emiratis, they're lobbying hard. They can, um, you know, um, they can complicate a negotiating process by um, doing what we saw, you know, um, in the last few months of the Trump administration, staging attacks within Iran, assassinating senior Iranian officials. That obviously makes um, uh, renegotiation much more difficult. So I think those are the um, factors uh, that worry me very much. There's also the fact that, you know, Iran is going to have a quote unquote election for a new president. If a hardliner comes into office, that makes it much more difficult to negotiate the details of uh, a re-engagement and a revival of the JCPOA. So that's why I think uh, I'm very concerned. I suspect that, you know, th- this is a very sophisticated Biden team. They know these things. So I'm hoping they're, you know, they're, they're on the ball and they're trying to sort of um, uh, resolve this problem.
0: So why do you think it hasn't happened now? Because many of us Iran watchers would assume that this is a fairly easy thing. The deal already exists. They just need to get back into it. And President Biden criticized Donald Trump in 2018 when he pulled out of the deal. He said Trump is manufacturing a crisis with Iran and that a new deal is an illusion. Why do you think it hasn't happened yet?
1: I think one of the problems here is our perceptions. Those of us who were very critical of Trump's Iran policy, you know, thought that as soon as Biden gets elected, given his statements that you just referred to on the JCPOA, we thought that there'd be a very quick re-engagement. Um, uh, but it's pretty clear, uh, number one, that um, the Biden team does not want to rush into a uh, renegotiation with Iran. They want to deal with other issues uh, related to Iran's missile program. It's um, it's um, you know activity throughout the region. Um, you know, Iran is a very difficult uh, hot button issue in the United States. The Biden team will get attacked if it, I think, jumps very quickly back into renegotiation. I think it wants to, I think it actually benefits a little bit politically by uh, standing tough and saying that it doesn't want to, you know, jump into a new deal with Iran. Um, there's also, I think, behind the scenes, a lot of lobbying, you know, the the uh, Anthony Blinken has, has repeatedly said that he's going to consult with allies in the region. Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of influence over um, the, the pace of a re-engagement. So I think all of these things are happening. Um, I, but I, I also think fundamentally, there are sort of more hardline hawkish voices you know, within the administration that have made an argument that uh, time is on the side of the United States, not the Iranians. Uh, the sanctions are hurting the Islamic Republic. Um, uh, Iran needs the United States more than the other way around. And so let's just wait and see how this plays out. And perhaps Iran might soften its position. So I think if you put that all together, that explains the slow pace of a a reengagement mm-hmm. with, with Iran over this issue. Mm-hmm.
0: And finally, Nader, if this, as we see it, this window of opportunity that's closing soon, it seems like domestically the Biden team um, doesn't want to spend a lot of political capital in this. But what do you think? Why are you worried about this window of opportunity closing? What do you think would happen in the long run if the Biden team doesn't make this a priority?
1: Well, I think fundamentally we will be back to the period before the JCPOA when Iran will start its re-enrichment program. um, there will be, um, you know, very loud and influential voices saying that Iran is, you know, um, coming close to manufacturing it enough, um, you know, enriched uranium to, to produce a bomb. This is a major threat to international peace and security. The Israelis will threaten to possibly, you know, bomb Iran, and and um, that would be catastrophic for the entire Middle East. So, you know, things can go south very quickly. Um, there are hawkish voices in this debate, and they have a lot of influence on both sides of the Iran-U.S. Uh, divide. We don't want them to sort of set the terms of the debate. I think that's the big fear. Um, uh, if, if if there's not a, a quick and immediate re-engagement that, you know, we could be headed for a, a very catastrophic situation that will not be good for anyone in the Middle East and in the world.
0: Well, I couldn't agree more. Thanks for that, Nadir.
1: Thanks.